Sound Podcast. Hello, I'm Polly Bryan, dressage editor at Horse and Hound, and welcome to this very special advertising episode of the Horse and Hound Podcast with Boeringer Ingelheim. A couple of weeks ago, we covered stem cell therapy as a treatment for joint disease in horses. And today we're revisiting the fascinating subject of stem cells to find out how they can make a remarkable difference to the treatment of tendon and ligament injuries, which can be quite devastating and sadly do affect a substantial number of sport horses and their owners. I'm joined today by Tim Booth. Tim is a well-known sports horse vet and surgeon who has a special interest in poor performance and lameness. Tim has worked with many top international horses, both individuals and teams, and is going to give us some expert insight on the topic. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast. Hi, Molly. I'm also thrilled to be joined by Olympic dressage rider Richard Davison and his son, international show jumper Joe. As riders and owners at the highest level, they are in a perfect position to share the impact that soft tissue injuries have and why new therapies are of particular interest. Hi, Richard. Hi, Joe. Hi, Polly. Hi, Polly. So let's start at the beginning and just chat a little bit about the nature of tendon and ligament injuries, first of all. They can affect any horse, but they're more likely to occur in active performance horses with up to 43% of racing thoroughbreds sustaining tendon injuries. I know that so many owners and riders of sport horses live in fear of their horses suffering one of these injuries. But Tim, just coming over to you first of all, please can you give our listeners an overview of what tendons and ligaments do and why they can become damaged? Yes, certainly. So your tendons and ligaments are effectively soft tissues, which unlike your the bones that, that make up your, your skeleton, which are hard and, and tough, these Tendons and ligaments are soft tissues, which are, are sort of connective tissues, which help all those uh, bones and joints function. So the ligaments are soft tissue structures, which join the, the bone to the bone. So they, they transverse over joints. They hold bone um, together, giving it stability and giving it, uh, preventing, preventing the joint from overextending, over flexing, over uh, over bending in an incorrect in manner, and th- and what that does is it therefore pre- prevents the um, joint from injuring. So it prevents your cartilage from getting damaged. It prevents you from the joint going into a position that it it feels uncomfortable with. The the tendons are the main mechanism for transmitting the energy from the muscles to the ground so to the to to the bones the link between your the muscles and then they 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 attach onto the onto the bone now then they they in themselves have a have have a, an elastic uh, property and what we have is we have lots and lots of fibers that run up and down which are made out of made out of collagen now then they all are all in a parallel line held together and they when you look at them under a microscope they have a slight a slight wave to them. They have a slight elasticity. So what you've got to imagine is that the the tendon is a bit like a rope, if you like, that that has lots and lots of little fibers running through it in 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 straight lines. And that bundle itself is then gives that gives that um, tendon the the strength. Now then, a couple of couple of things to to note: the the blood supply to the tendons and the and the ligaments isn't the same as your as your muscles so they're 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 highly specialized um cells which basically mean that they have poor 
uh, poorer blood supply. They have poorer uh, perfusion. So actually getting nutrients and blood to those areas is is actually quite um, quite difficult. That has a has an effect on on the body's ability to supply and to to help those areas heal when they are in it, injured. And not only that, but then when those tendons go over areas which are in high motion areas like the back of the fetlock or the back of the knee, those actually are specialized tendons which which run within a capsule which has synovial fluid in there. And those those themselves are even more difficult to to get to heal because their blood supply is is compromised further by the fact that they are running within this within this sheath. And certain types of tendon and ligament injury do tend to present more often in certain disciplines. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, your show jumpers, for example, will will come across a lot more of the sort of like the forelimb, forelimb um, superficial digital flexor tendons, and then also the deep digital flexor tendons deep within the within the foot. Um, your dressage horses may come across more ligamentous um, issues with the with the hind leg suspensories. All all of this all of this is um, due to the sort of like the the loading of those limbs. And um, the 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 interesting thing is that actually as the horses get older, we actually end up with a uh, older horse, almost exclusively an older horse injury, which is where the muscle and the tendon actually join uh, at the at the muscular tendinous junction that that in older horses actually then degrades and, and they can be doing very little levels of exercise and that can actually then rupture so um it also changes from it with with age as well as with discipline that's really interesting so in terms of an injury to these tendons and ligaments what are the sort of things that an owner or a rider of, of a sport horse should be keeping an eye out for? What, what's the sort of initial way in which um, these sorts of injuries might present themselves? Is it is it a case of a, a smaller injury first that gets worse or or is it sort of a, a single occurrence? So so there's little tiny micro tears or little tiny damage to the to these structures occurring all the time during during the time that we're using the horses and they're 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 performing these little areas of of damage will will then heal and and will 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 repair but but what happens is that if you're if you end up doing the same thing time and time again if you end up uh, uh, overloading an area then these fibers actually break apart and then they they struggle to um struggle to heal themselves now then from what do you see as a as an owner you'll you'll see swelling uh, a lot of heat um and and you'll you may only notice this when looking at the horse in a certain uh, a certain angle so so some of the some of the initial signs can be quite subtle and you may just notice that we're having difficulty with some lateral work we're stopping before fences and that's that's the horse trying to say hang on a second i'm not feeling this this there is there's something not going on what we've got to remember is that that the horses aren't aren't human so so whereas if we had had a, a sore tendon we would just go oh hang on a second yeah okay let's um let's just um uh, I, I might um this is where it hurts this is the this is the problem we have to have to do that for our horse our, our horses tell it the horses are telling us that 
hang on a second, something's not quite right. But we have to make that next bit to see the bit of the bit of swelling, see the bit of um, subtle heat, subtle changes. Because because not all these horses are lame, so they're they're not they're not going to present with a severe lameness. Now then, if we miss those subtle cues, then we can then end up with a situation where you have the 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 big tendon or the big fat leg. So you have a you have a, a very swollen leg with severe pain and, and palpation. And and those horses are very lame. And and there is a, a sort of fundamental damage to those to those structures or tendons. And I know that for owners and riders, just the sheer possibility that a horse might have an injury of this kind is, is really, really worrying and can be quite emotional actually. Joe, I know that you have been through this, you have some experience with this. Are you happy to share just the emotion that's involved in the possibility of, of these sorts of injuries and, and the knowledge that, that it is a bit of an occupational hazard, actually, of our, of our sport, isn't it? Yeah, as with, with any athlete, human or horse, injuries happen from time to time. And, and you know, we, we are all aware of the risk that we, we take. And w- when they initially get diagnosed, I personally try and take the emotion out of it and and look at it from the outside and to be as then proactive with what could be the best treatment and uh so i don't give off the impression that i'm that emotional at the time but it, the reality is that it, it really does hit you hard you, there's always a lot of investment time and money that have gone into these horses um and getting them to a stage and you have a plan for them and you really build your career and life around these horses. So when they are diagnosed with an injury that's that's going to impact um, that plan um, and that investment, it, it really is a big issue and a big problem to have to deal with. And and Richard, do, do you want to come in here to, to add anything? You know, I, I think we find it absolutely heart-wrenching and it, it doesn't really matter, you know, what level you compete at it, the, the Act that the horse is going to need such a long time or you know can plummet you into the depth of despair yeah absolutely thank you for sharing that so tim as the vet working with the owner on these cases of course you're you're very aware of of the emotion that that is involved on the part of the owner and the rider and of course you're bearing that in mind um as well as as you're making making a diagnosis but just tell us about that process. What actually is the process that leads to getting that diagnosis for this kind of injury? Well, obviously, if the client comes into the clinic and has a horse with a big, fat, swollen leg, there's a there's a load of pain on palpation. I, those those aren't the sort of diagnostic challenge. So we would we would go straight to um, assessing the horse, probably in walk and a, a little bit of trot, and getting an idea of how lame the horse is and then and then at that point we would move pretty much straight to an ultrasound so so we would then get the ultrasound machine and we would we would we would assess the tendon in a sort of stepwise uh, stepwise manner to to assess the various soft tissue structures and ligaments that we're looking at invariably the horses tell us they they you'll feel a, a swollen area you'll you'll be able to feel a disruption to um to the side of the tendon the the, the border of the tendon will feel thickened and 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 swollen so when we and and what we will see then on the scan is we'll see a disruption to those fibers 
and that and that that will be filled with um uh, 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 the the classic sort of black hole that everyone everyone dreads now then sometimes it isn't that easy and and these these ligaments and and tendons will will reveal themselves much much further on down the line um um uh, from, from the visit to the clinic so we will go and um we'll assess the horse in walk trot canter we'll look at it a straight line hard surface on on a soft surface sometimes ridden and and we will then go through the process of of nerve blocks and and joint blocks which is where we put local anesthetic into various areas to actually find out and pinpoint the region now then at that point then we can then go to go to looking for images and and actually getting getting pictures with with the ultrasound machine and sometimes we have to then then use with uh, use an MRI machine so we would uh, there are soft tissues and 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 those sort of structures deep within the within the hoof capsule where we can't actually see these structures and we can't scan these structures easily so these are actually then best investigated with a MRI and and so we will then pick up these subtle changes to the actual ligament and uh, tendons and and on the um ultrasound you will see a sort of uh, a, a black hole if you like and and on the uh, on the magnet uh, on the MR what we will see is we'll see a, a high signal so it actually shows you a signal of this area is is um under um a lot of regeneration and and has a high signal on the on the uh, on the stir stir images which is just a a fancy way of saying this is the bit that you need to be uh, this is the bit that you need to be treating I see. I mean, clearly it is a very, very in-depth process. There's an awful lot of skill involved to reach that all-important diagnosis. And Tim, what's actually the first thing that happens after you've reached that that diagnosis in terms of sort of, you know, treating the immediate problem? Yeah, so so often the first, the first thing that you have is you have this horse that's not very um, comfortable, has a big swollen leg, and, 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 we have to have to get the the first line approach or the acute therapy into 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 that horse. Um, so you have to obviously do the rest. You have to put um, uh, cold um, cold hose or ice ice leg. Try and try and um, reduce any of that peri um, tenderness swelling. Um, we we would probably use anti-inflammatories at that point as well to try and get some of the um, inflammation down especially if the horse is very is very sore and 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 at that point we we're then really focusing on the comfort of the horse and making sure that 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 horse is is comfortable because that first a bit of an injury is is really really sore so you have you have this period of time where you have damaged tissue that then is is broken down so you'd sort of think oh well we need to scan straight away well actually what you need to do is is even potentially scan and then rescan in a couple of days or or give it a couple of days before you actually do that first scan because because often things will actually get worse before they get better i see and and what about what about surgery where where does the sort of possibility of of, of surgery being needed fit into this this sort of initial uh, treatment phase so really it, it it goes back to our original uh, the uh, our original point about the various different bits of the tendon so some of those tendons that are enclosed within a sheath actually because of the blood supply and because they they they're enclosed within within a sheath and filled with with joint fluid they they actually don't heal very well and you can get big splits running up there in the 
in the in the in the side of the uh, superficial digital flex tent. So what you'll notice with those is you'll actually notice a bit like a soil and joint. You'll notice a big swollen tendon sheath, and in and in those instances, any frayed type fibers or, or split tendon um, will will have to be um, removed to really give the horse the best opportunity for um, uh, for a, a full recovery because because there isn't and there isn't any other way of of that tissue being uh, sorted or, or 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 removed okay and so that's where surgery would would come in in some cases but it's at that point isn't it that the really hard work begins with rehabilitation for tendon and ligament injuries usually being quite a lengthy and, and a very involved process isn't that right tim uh, absolutely and when it actually comes down to with with the with the rehabilitation is is a gradual step rise loading of the of the tenderness structure or the uh, or the damaged joint or ligament you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to load it in a in a controlled way putting those signals through, uh, putting the signals to the to the tendons and ligaments that they actually need to need to heal they need to need to get d d stronger that this is the the range of movement that we're going to go through but we've got to do that in a, such a careful way as to not re-injure or not to overload those areas. And that is why um, why you end up doing such a large amount of walking in hand and walking under ridden saddle and trying to gradually increase the, the, the load through those structures. And then revisiting the scans and seeing, okay, fine, has this changed? Has this has this got better? Has this got worse? Is it stationary? Do we need to increase the load through these structures? And as we as we do that, we, it becomes a very much a, a team team effort of having to have the client or rider that is at home every day looking at these legs, and then also sort of junctions where f periods of time where we where we actually then have a look at it together will rescan reevaluate the the horse and see the quality of the of the of the of the heel there there is there is no shortcut to this it is just a stepwise uh, a stepwise process what what i tend to try and do is is at each step try and try and make a decision is this tendon under extra strain is this ligament looking like it's it's healing i.e. is there an organi uh, an organized pattern to the to the tendon fibers is it looking uh, uh, is it looking like it's uh, a, a bigger tendon? Is it is it looking like the cross sectional area is 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 larger? Does the, does the ligament have a a normal appearance to the um, to the outline of the of the ligament? And when we've when we've got that, we then will come up with a plan between us as to how to 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 best bring that animal back into into work. Now then, with with a lot of these horses, you, you have to be you have to be prepared to to adjust your plan you may say oh yes well hand walking is the best way well everyone everyone has had the the case where the the hand walking basically is doing more damage than um, than just being left in the box but then equally we need that movement so that can be done under ridden exercise and and then on a multiple multiple different surfaces i i take this all the way to to getting back to jumping so i will even say to say to my clients look okay right we've got we're, we're at this point what we're going to do is this is the plan we're going to introduce um we're introducing jumping and then scan after that and then we, we'll even scan it after competition so we'll 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 have a competition and we'll go right okay we'll go steady now then with most of most of most of my uh, riders telling them to to just take it steady 
not not do too much. That that doesn't come naturally. So uh, I don't think it can always be. Um, uh, it can always be difficult to suggest it. However, we can. Um, we we then also have the scan at the at the other side where where we'll we'll know that we're uh, we're doing the right thing and we're getting we're getting where we need to be. Gosh, there is really so much that goes into this rehab process, isn't there? And uh, Richard and Joe, let's come over to you guys now because it'd be great to hear from your point of view, from from an owner's and a rider's point of view, a bit about this process as well, about how long how long this can take in your experience and just the level of effort and sacrifice that's required from you for, for the horse to come back to full fitness. Well, Polly, can I identify with everything Tim's uh, set out there? The first thing is that what I've learned over the years as a horse owner is that cells don't actually have a clock and a calendar. So when the vet gives you an indication, oh, you need to walk this horse for three months, 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day and increase it, that's only a guideline. And as Tim says, you've actually got to be reassessing how how the cells are actually proliferating and healing themselves and of course from our point of view from a from on a rehab we've also got to take in other factors that that affect uh, cell activity so for instance the nutrition of the horse during this time whether um you know it needs some sunlight uh fresh air and all those kind of things uh which actually affect healing and can help accelerate the healing um which of course is what we all want to do i mean the rehab, when you get further down the line, and was talking about it's commencing small jumps and all the rest of it, because cells respond by micro trauma. So it's 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 a difficult judgment call as to how you progress through that, and you've got to be very careful. But the rehab is isn't that dissimilar for how actually the injuries were caused in the first place. That that we've got to think about what repetitive strain injuries. So, for example, if you're talking about rehabbing a collateral ligament on the outside or the inside of a horse's legs, if you're doing lots of circles where the horse lands on one edge of its foot and the force load goes up its limbs like that, you're more likely to be putting stress on those collateral ligaments which have previously been damaged. Whereas if you if the damage was a check ligament, which occurs when a horse lands, say, from a jump, even a small jump, and overstretches of flexor tendon, then that can be exacerbating it. So it, you've got to, as a horse owner, I think it, it doesn't take a lot of research to look on the internet and understand the structure of these soft tissues and what they do and take some responsibility yourself as a horse owner, not not just literally be guided by the vet because it's us that has to put it into practice every day. And as Tim said, yeah, sure, we all try to hand walk horses, but if they're jumping around and getting too fresh and standing up and then their front legs or hind legs, if it's a hind leg suspensory, are taking all the weight, then that won't be doing it much good. That's hardly controlled exercise, in which case you're better off to put a saddle on the, on the horse and do your rehab at a quiet time of day, not when the dogs are charging around or the postman's screeching up the drive. So I hope that's maybe given a bit of an insight of what of what we the factors we take into account when we're rehabbing these horses 
Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting to hear. And I think what really stood out for me there was your comments about, you know, the the, the cells don't follow a clock they don't follow a calendar they don't you know they don't know that you might have a competition in six months that you are just desperate to have the horse back up and running and and at its peak performance for and these things can't be can't be predicted even by the very very best of vets it's you know they can really only give give guidelines and it's quite it's quite unpredictable I imagine the the rehab process in in a lot of ways and you know just really is such an enormous undertaking to bring a horse back to full fitness from this kind of injury and i suppose it's that that makes it so heartbreaking isn't it that actually these injuries have really quite a high recurrence rate don't they i was actually quite shocked to learn that while obviously it does vary recurrence can happen in up to 80 percent of cases tim why are these injuries so prone to recurrence and you know even after very very good rehabilitation so back to where we were talking about the sort of normal tendon on the scan, a line with the with the sort of lines of tenocytes and fibers running down in a parallel fashion. When when we have an injury to that area, um, and you and you have the sort of the natural healing process, what that what that does is the the instead of being um, in straight lines with a lovely crimp that holds all the um, the 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 collagen together and you have these these sort of slight uh, sort of elastic fibers that 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 have a stretch and a, a bounce you have you have this real disorganized sort of almost like a a piece of cotton wool that's been sort of like put into there so you've got lots of fibers going in loads and loads of different directions and and what that does is it puts an area of stress an area of different material properties to the tendon so instead of the tendon acting as one uniform uh, piece of material you have a, this area of, of of fibrous tissue or scar tissue which which is incredibly strong but the problem is is it's so strong that it's sort of fibrous and and easily easy to break so we often then will see re-injury occurring either around it or above and below it so the ideal is 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 to try and encourage those fibers to have uh, to align and for the, the be the the right type of collagen or the the good type of collagen, so the the collagen uh, type one, where you have this parallel parallel structures that that don't have lots and lots of links and cross links touching everything, um, so that you have a more uh, a more physiological response, uh, more physiological response, or a more more normalized tendon. The problem is the problem is with all of this, nobody likes a re injury like as the vet that I am like I absolutely hate it when we get re-injuries I hate it when we I don't have um my top horses going out and winning uh, what we do descended I think that we with vets are highly frustrated competitive people who who sadly just don't have any talent so uh in the sporting field so we so we end up having to live through our clients and getting their successes is is exactly what we're wanting so re-injury for them yes it's bad but it's also bad for us we 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 go through it with them all the time of course and you know it just really brings home what a team effort these these sort of rehab processes are between the owners and the riders and the vets all working together and and the fact that tendons and ligaments like you've just explained do have you know quite a poor capacity for healing and we do see high re-injury rates it's it's really devastating for for everyone involved as you said 
And of course, for owners and riders like Richard and Joe, who have had a horse with a tendon or, or a ligament injury and have been so committed and, and sacrificed so much to rehabbing that horse, it makes sense that they will want to do everything possible, not just to facilitate a return to competition for that horse, but actually to lower the risk of the injury coming back. And that's where stem cell therapy comes in. Richard and Joe, I know this is a path that you've been down already, and we'll talk a bit more about, about your experiences in just a moment. But first, Tim, please could you just walk us through what stem cells are, what stem cell therapy is, and also why it can be so effective at treating tendon and ligament injuries? So stem cells are the master cells. So they're, they're the building blocks of the, um, of the, of the body. They have lots of different properties and they can they can use those to um, help treat the damaged uh, damaged tissue. What is it about them that actually makes them so effective for these injuries, these tendon and ligament injuries that we've been discussing? So we can place those um, cells so we can inject them into that damaged tissue and they and they will sort of direct that healing process um, a bit like a, um, a conductor um, talking to the orchestra. And, and telling all the different bits to do their part as effectively as possible, getting the, the best quality heel that you can. That's really interesting and a really, really uh, good way to, to describe it, I think, because because what you're saying here is that the, the stem cells don't actually become part of the tendon, do they? They don't grow into tissue. They they instruct the tissue to repair itself. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the stem cells don't stay in the actual damaged tissue for too long they sit around it and on the outside and they then direct that healing gosh how fascinating now i know that stem cells and stem cell therapy uh, is not it's not new it's not a new science but what is really exciting for horse owners right now is that it is becoming so much more widely available and accessible and it, it's actually become a very realistic treatment option for those who have horses suffering from tendon and ligament injuries isn't that right uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so the the most frustrating thing when when you're dealing with clients that want to be out and want to be competing is when you're sort sort of suggesting a treatment and then you go right, okay, we can get these various treatments. Do we have it now? Well, no, we don't. We have to historically collect the stem cells from the bone marrow. So we had to aspirate the bone marrow and then um, and then send them uh, send them away and then they they came back. We are able now to have a, a stem cell which we can um, we can actually in, inject as close as as possible. So we miss out all that time. So we can be getting straight in there. Oh, I see. So so the horse doesn't actually have to donate its own stem cells anymore. We now do have have these licensed veterinary medicines that are available um, that makes this so much more accessible. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 from our point of view, it's it's really handy. You've got it at the practice, and the the, the process of of actually injecting the the uh, the the tendon isn't isn't to be sort of sort of lightly um, lightly done either. You 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 have to you have to obviously prepare the area. You have to you have to be then using an ultrasound scanner to actually guide the needle into into the lesions and to actually accurately um, place place these cells. And uh, we're able to then actually put them directly where we need them and where and where we can do that with the aim of getting that reduced recurrence of, of injury. 
Ah, okay. I mean, clearly there's so much, um, there's so much skill skill involved on on the part of vets. Um, but just coming back over to to Richard and Joe now, it would be really, really great to hear your experiences of having used stem cell therapy um, yourselves on on your your horses. Can you just tell us why? You know, share an example of why you decided to go down this route in the first place. What led to your decision? to to opt for this type of treatment yeah well obviously the, what really triggers uh, our decision to use this latest development in, in stem cell therapy is obviously injuries now we obviously try to avoid these injuries occurring and as tim has explained they are in terms of soft tissue they they're mostly um, caused by repetitive injury which is the composition of dressage tests and and show jumping classes and what is the benefit of doing that uh, class do you really need to jump the class and but nevertheless um our horses are involved in sport and um inevitably they do suffer from these uh, soft tissue injuries and um no matter what we try to do to avoid it and over the years stem cell therapy has really developed and i think it's at a very exciting time now because it is becoming so much easier uh joe maybe you can talk us through some of the horses or one of the horses that we've used it on so there's been a couple of cases that we've been involved with and two two different injuries one the collateral ligament and the other check ligament and but what what was similar with both cases uh was that the the healing in that area was very slow to start with from uh, from the initial scans that our vet did, um, and then when we researched what we uh, what the best form of treatment would be, when we treated the injuries with the stem cell product, it really seemed to kickstart that healing, um, and you could see throughout with the with the scans that the the fibers were aligning and healing really well we actually um on one of those horses i remember we showed the scan initially to to another vet a vet that wasn't involved with actually the treatment after the horse had been treated and he actually couldn't believe improvement in the in the alignment of the fibers in the time that that it had taken i mean not as tim has said not that we only just go on the fiber alignment on a scan. We are then very careful in the rehab uh, afterwards in terms of bringing the horses back to competition. But both those horses are back competing at a reasonably high level again now. And, and our decision wasn't made on... We were looking to um, be quicker with the rehab and, and fast-forward things. It was really decided on what is going to allow this injury to heal the best. So we weren't having to go through this whole process again. Yeah. So we, we, we want to decrease the probability of re-injury. And that's why we made the decision to follow this therapy. That's so interesting. It's really, really good to hear that that the horse, you know, you're talking about is back in work and, and competing. It, you know, it's a real success story, isn't it? And I think the main thing that our, our listeners should be taking away today is that stem cell therapy is an option and they you know, should be speaking to their vet about it to discover whether it could be beneficial for their horse. As, as you said, Richard and Joe, it, you know, it does help to, to lower the risk of that re-injury. But I know that there will be people out there who might be worried about the costs of this sort of revolutionary treatment. 
Tim, what can you say to those who might be worried about about the costs involved, which which may seem to be quite high at, at sort of first look? Yes, the the cost may seem high, but with a lot of these products, there's there's a lot of work that goes goes into them, and you actually do genuinely feel like you're getting a, a value for money when you when you look at the longer term results and the lack of recurrence of those injuries, and not only that, when 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 you're seeing the lack of the side effects of those injuries. So historically, with, with joint instability, with ligamentous damages, so co- collateral ligament of, of various joints, you then will see, as a, as a byproduct of that extra movement, you will then see osteoarthritis developing very quickly within that joint and damage to the cartilage when you go in and actually put the scopes in and have a little look. That, if you get those ligaments to heal and heal well and to heal, heal correctly, you are absolutely quids in because you avoid all those sequelae as well. Tim, that's so interesting. It's so good to know and a really, really good way to look at it. And you said to think more about value than about the cost itself. I suppose stem cell therapy should be seen not not just as a treatment, but actually as an investment into a horse's future well-being and career following such an injury. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, as I say, uh, um, uh, at the moment, I... I I've been very impressed with um, the response to treatment, and uh, I, I'm naturally cynical, but uh, but yeah, e- even even the uh, harder cynic uh, can be turned. And Richard and Joe, obviously, you you owe stem cell therapy these new these new licensed stem cell therapy medicines an awful lot because of what they have given back to you and 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 what you were sort of i guess in danger of, of losing potentially in a horse that couldn't continue its career um is there anything you want to add to to listeners who might be you know learning maybe for the first time or, or maybe learning more about about this therapy and thinking about speaking to their vet about it yeah there is actually because um on the subject of cost it it might seem uh, a relatively high cost, but um, Joe and I, we don't just have our own horses to think about. We well, we also teach other people and they run the injuries they have past us and the therapy options they've got. And I, we've discussed this with, with quite a few people. And at the end of the day, these soft tissue injuries, let, let's be frank, they can be career-ending uh, for a horse, uh, or they can at least take a year out of its use. And uh, I don't think it really comes down to the value of the horse or what, how, what level you compete at. Um, I was chatting about this option to one horse owner, and they pointed out to me, yes, it seems a high cost, but what is the cost of a saddle these days? I mean, the, the cost of the trailer or your horse box, or even just insuring that, doesn't even come anywhere near the cost of this type of therapy. So, you know, everything is expensive these days, but what is the cost of having your horse out of use for at least a year and then the possible risk of re-injury? And, I I mean, it's a no-brainer. For me, if it's applicable and and suitable uh, treatment, then I don't think there's a really choice in, in the matter. Yes, completely. Um, it's you know it's really really interesting to hear to hear you saying that. Obviously, having been on on this side of of using stem cell therapy yourself, of of actually you know seeing the impact that it can have. 
Well, thank you to all three of you for for coming on the Horse and Town podcast today to talk about this. Tim, thanks so much for all your incredible veterinary insights. If our listeners do want to reach you or to find out more about you, where can they go to do that, Tim? Well, obviously, I don't uh, work um, by myself. I work as a, a part of a team. I'm one of the partners at Herd and Partners, and you can find out anything about us on our website, which is uh, Herd and Partners. Dot com. Great. So that's herd, H-I-R-D and partners.com. Thanks, Tim. And Richard and Joe, where can our listeners follow you guys to get updates on your horses and your careers? On the normal social media platform uh, under Davidson Equestrian, or if they could head over to our website, DavidsonEquestrian.com. Well, thank you so much to all three of you. I think that what you've spoken about today should be actually be giving a lot of hope to a lot of owners and riders out there who might be dealing with or, or worried about tendon and ligament injuries in sport horses. If that's you, just remember, you don't have to wait for your vet to suggest stem cell therapy. Treatment should always be a two-way conversation. So bring it up yourself and ask your vet whether stem cell therapy could be right for your horse. We, we really owe it to our wonderful horses to make sure that every option is explored that could allow them to recover fully from a tendon or ligament injury and helping to prevent them having to go through such an ordeal again. Tim, Richard and Joe, thanks again for coming on the Horse and How podcast for this special advertising episode with Boeing Eagleheim. Eagleheim.